Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But also kept, it keeps us focused on our spiritual lives and upon our relationship with God. Now, you know people in your life who need to change their focus, don't you? Help them to do so by getting them into God's Word regularly by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But help them make that commitment. Start sharing today with everybody you can. We're going to finish up our line of thought and study today, talking about how wonderful it is to be a Christian. Now, a lot of people, they would think, oh, how blessed I am to be to have been born into this particular family, Jones family, Johnson family, you know, the the, uh, Samson family, whatever it might be, or or how blessed I am to be able to be a, a citizen in this particular nation. And a whole lot of people from all around the world want to become Americans. So many of our people who have been born and raised to whatever extent they are in their life as Americans, I'm afraid we take it for granted. And, and a lot of us, a lot of people in our country who have been citizens all their lives, I, I don't know that they realize how blessed they are. And they don't seem to have a good mindset or viewpoint about how wonderful it is to be a, a citizen of this country. Now, do we come up short in a lot of ways? Absolutely. But when you compare it to countries all over the world, so many of them Why do so many people want to come to this country? You need to stop and think about that. Well, also also people will say, you know, I'm thankful to be living in this particular state within the nation or in this particular city with all of its advantages, or maybe to be an alumnus of this particular high school or this particular college, or to be a part of some particular military branch of service, you know, and the list goes on and on. Well, we've talked about that. That we, we, we list those, we name those simply by way of comparison to help us understand that identities are special to us. They're special to us. And so the most wonderful of all identities is that identity of being a Christian. How wonderful it is to be a Christian. We've talked about because being a Christian, as we become a Christian, as we're baptized into Christ, it's for the remission of our sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. It's to have our sins washed away by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Acts 22 and verse 16. It's to come to salvation in Christ. John 3 and verse 16, Acts 4 and verse 12. And Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And becoming a Christian, we're blessed with the power of prayer to be able to pray to our heavenly Father for whom nothing is impossible and who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Luke 1 and verse 37, Ephesians 3 and verse 20. And becoming a Christian, baptized into Christ, having been forgiven of our sins, having come to salvation in Christ, the Lord himself adds us to his church. Acts 2 and verse 47. And the scriptures teach us that his church, when we're talking about, yeah, I'm a member of the church 
of Christ, the church that our Lord died for, the church that belongs to Christ? Yes, I'm a member of his body, spiritual body. Colossians 1 and verse 18 and verse 24, Ephesians 1 verses 22 and 23, the church is the body of Christ. Now, talk about an identity that we can be so thankful for and we can count so precious. Oh, how wonderful it is to be a Christian. Truly, truly. Now, we have really focused a great deal on how wonderful it is to be a Christian in relation to being a part of the church and thereby recognizing, boy, I have have all of these brothers and sisters in Christ, all of these spiritual brothers and sisters, because the Lord added me to his church. He He adds all of those who have come to salvation to his church. And that ought to wake up a whole lot of people who think the church is not important. They don't need the church. They just want the Savior. Uh, it's a package deal, folks. It's a package deal. They go hand in hand. But also, understanding that as we're baptized into Christ, as he adds us to his church, God adopts us into his family, his spiritual family. We become his special children. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, Romans, I'm sorry, rather, Romans chapter 8, and, and you can read through that particular chapter. He adopts us as his children. Now, you talk about special. So we have this special relationship with our Lord and Savior. He is our Lord and Savior, but we also have this special relationship with God as our Father, our Father. Now, as brothers and sisters in Christ, just as we would think of as our physical siblings in our physical family, we care about one another. We love one another. We want to be there to encourage and strengthen one another. And so is the case in our spiritual family with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, we're to edify one another. And that means to strengthen, to encourage, to, to help one another, to be stronger in our faith. And being together as we come together to worship God, we, we come to also fellowship with one another. Hebrews 10 verses 23 through 25. Now, as brothers and sisters, if there's a need, a genuine need that somebody cannot handle by themselves, we're to be there for them, aren't we? In our physical family, but also in our spiritual family, and perhaps even more so in our spiritual family. Galatians 6 and verse 2, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, the apostle Paul wrote. And the idea, the word that is translated from the Greek into the English as burdens there is a a word that indicates an overwhelming burden that the person cannot handle by themselves on their own at that particular time. But then we're also, in verse 1 of Galatians chapter 6, we're to be there and, and try to help a brother or sister in Christ who's struggling with their faith, who's struggling with their faithfulness and dedication to become stronger, to come back to God, to renew or rededicate themselves in their faith and their faithfulness. Galatians 6 and verse 1 again, as we read last time, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And sometimes it's just a matter of a brother or sister in Christ 
who has not really grown up fully spiritually. They're not mature spiritually the way they should be. And so we could help them by, by working with them, talking with them, studying with them, praying with them and for them. In Romans 14 and verse 1, Paul says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. So don't excuse unfaithfulness on the part of a brother or sister in Christ, but at the same time, love them and try to help them become stronger in the faith. James wrote it this way in James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, now he's writing this to Christians, so you can't wander from something that you're not in to begin with. So he says, brethren, if anyone, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, any of your fellow Christians, in other words, any of your brothers and sisters in Christ, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Now, you see how serious the problem can potentially become if a person is struggling in their faith. They may stray away from faithfulness, from living a faithful life. And remember, Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. So faithfulness, that's putting our faith into action on a consistent, ongoing basis through obedience, dedication, commitment, service. Now, if somebody strays away from that, if they go back into unfaithfulness or into outright sinfulness, then they're risking their eternal life. And so James says, if any of you turns such a one back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Now, that's how serious it can become. That's how serious it can become. Now, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 16, John says, John the Apostle, he's writing God's word. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit a sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Now, my understanding, when you compare what John writes here in, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 16 to what he wrote in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 9 or 10, the sin that would be leading to death would be the sin that the person does not repent of. That would seem to be the logical analysis when you consider these two texts of Scripture in the same letter written by the same inspired writer. But he says, the soul who sins a sin that is not unto death, if that soul is ready to repent, you pray for that soul. You pray that they'll come to repentance. You pray that they'll be restored to faithfulness and dedication and, and, and eternal life. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, the Hebrews writer wrote, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now, we're considering one another. How can I encourage my brother or sister in Christ in love and good works, in faithfulness and dedication to God in Christ? Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, 
but exhorting one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, how important it is for us to be together with our Lord, with God watching over us as we come together to worship him as the church every first day of the week. Oh, we gain so much for ourselves. We become so much stronger and our faith and faithfulness become so much deeper and we grow in our relationship with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ because we're there in fellowship with one another, worshiping God, remembering our Lord's death on the cross, singing praises to God through those beautiful songs that we sing together. Again, how wonderful is it to be a Christian? Ephesians 1 and verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, and this is being written to Christians, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Oh, truly, how blessed we are, how wonderful it is to be a Christian. Are you a true Christian? We'd like to help you. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link. We'd be glad to communicate with you that way. You can call us at 402-498-8397, 402-498-8397, and we'd love to speak with you, pray with you, discuss your situation in your life spiritually. We want to help you get to heaven. How wonderful it is to be a Christian. Let's pray. Father, thank you for blessing us with the blessing of being able to become Christians. Help us to always count it so precious, knowing that it is the greatest identity that we could possibly bear individually. How wonderful it is to be a Christian. Praise and glory be to you, Father, and thanks. Help people see this blessing, Father, and that it can be theirs as well. Help us to help people see that. Please forgive us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.